Welcome back, Risk Cheese Radio Podcast, episode 25, quarter century mark, in your home for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and unpopular watch opinions. I'm one of your hosts, Brodinky, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Schmidt. Schmidt, what's going on? Oh, you know, man, just uh, just living the dream. Coming back after a, a very busy week of um, releases and things uh, since we dropped even our last podcast episode um, covering Watches and Wonders. So it's been it's been good. It's been good to see some other stuff trickle out and get to get some exposure on the interwebs. How are things with you? Busy, to say the least. Um, it's a bit of a momentous day for me. Uh Kind of coincidentally, episode 25, I today broke the 25,000 follows mark. So that was, uh, that was big. Pretty cool. I was at work and uh, I, I knew I was close and I just kind of kept updating every few minutes and I was like, all right, there it is. And, you know, it kind of feels the same as before, but <laughs> um, I do, uh, for everybody who has been keeping score, I do have a strap giveaway going on uh, again with Bond Temps bands. They seem like every time I have a like a nice round number coming up of uh, follow benchmark, they uh, they offer to put out another custom Brodinky NATO. So keep an eye out for that. I have both traditional Bond, the silver and black, and then also the red, green, black style Bond NATO. Um, with the B logo on it, and again, same as always. However many I have is how many. However many winners I'll pick. I got a few different hardware finishes: black PVD, brushed, twenty millimeter, twenty-two millimeters. So, I guess just the order of who I draw you in is kind of going to be how you get to pick your NATO. It's always a lot of fun. I know people like those because I, I don't do them again. We just either find a new design or that's that. You know, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, man, I, I think that's going to be great. I mean, I love those bands. I don't own one personally, but they look fantastic. Yeah, I, I obviously have a few because, you know, <laughs> this isn't the first time I'm doing that. But, yeah. Um, but they're, uh, no, they're very soft. And, you know, it's it's cool to have a little customization on there. Like, it's not some, just like the same old NATO. But they're, they're nice and soft. They're single pass only. So whenever I, uh, I make jokes about chucking NATO keepers or, you know, castrating them as some people call them. He he always hops on the comment section. It's like, well, you could always just go single pass. <laughs> you could. He's always in there somewhere. But yeah, so I got that going on. Other than that, just super busy with work and trying to keep up with, I guess, the news. I really didn't see much else trickle out that was too crazy from Watches of Wonders. You know, last few days I feel like I just saw people eating fondue, and that was that was the that was the bulk of the content <laughs> coming out. I mean, no 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 shade yeah. of fondue. I mean, who doesn't like dipping stuff in cheese or chocolate? But oh yeah, for sure, for sure. That was I, the, I mean the bulk. <laughs> I mean, I I did see a couple things trickle out that just weren't you know covered as heavily as some of the other releases or novelties during the kind of the 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 brunt of the week. Um, like I mentioned to you offline, it's like Rolex apparently updated their their Sea Dweller and Deep Sea. Not a big thing I think anybody knew or anybody really cared about, but apparently they did. Um, and I think it I, has now a titanium case back. I saw the picture when I saw novelties. I saw the picture of it, and I really didn't know what or why. 
and yeah, that makes I mean, perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like everyone's too too busy paying attention to the upside down GMT um, to really give that any thought or credence. And cool, it's a minor update for them. Uh, didn't increase water resistance at all or anything like that. But I guess now it has a case back in titanium, and it actually is stamped. It says RLX TI or R- RLX T- titanium on the case back. Okay. Um, but again, who cares? It's a watch I'll never be able to get, and it's irrelevant. Um, obviously, nobody covered it. Cartier had some cool stuff. Um, I think there was like a uh, Santos Dumont that had like a lacquered case. Yeah. I don't know if we touched on that on, on last episode, but it was there. Um, there was one that had like a, it's kind of like part of their mystery series. You know, the movement was inside the rotor. Um, interesting, interesting stuff. Uh, looks beautiful, but uh, as you and I pointed out, like I don't want to stare at my arm hair. Yeah, for me, that's uh, a no go. <laughs> <laughs> if you got some, if you got some serious arm hair, like you definitely don't want to be looking at that through your watch. Um, so there's that, and also you know, it just comes to like not being a super practical watch to wear daily. I mean, it's not a, it's I can't imagine that that has a pretty high modicum of shock resistance. Just it, it can't. Yeah, it can't. you would you would think if you bang that thing pretty good, it's going to do some damage. It's yeah, it <laughs> there's that's that's also one of the important things about a movement, too, is it provides shock absorption um, by having bridges and main plates. So by the fact that it doesn't, it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be a very delicate watch to wear, but I mean, some little things like that. And I mean, that thing was really super crazy. Um, I think we kind of covered everything watches and wonders wise, if you will, on episode 24. But I don't know, just again, to echo it, I was just, you know, I wasn't super impressed with everything. Um, as we mentioned, there was a lot of brands that did cool stuff, um, which was surprising and refreshing. But overall, it was just kind of like, eh, that's kind of my sentiment. Just, eh. Yeah, it kind of went out with uh, without a bang, I guess. It really did. It really did. I think that's a great way to say it. It's like we were all expecting um, even the just bang, one, but it just even never just, came. Even just one more something. Oh, by the way, you know, like the yeah. like the end of the Marvel movie where you get the the little clip at the end that oh okay. <laughs> I will say this: I did I did like uh, Moser bringing the troll level to another threshold, um, just like they do every single time. The Vanta Black and stuff. The Vanta Black, and then that was the, cool. The Vanta Black watch was super cool, and I, it was it was super funny. Um, there's the that guy. I don't know if you follow him, Black Badger. Uh, he does all the crazy stuff with like Loom, and he makes like rings and stuff. And he's partnered with a few different brands uh, to like do like high vis Loom technology. Anyway, he was commenting on the thread. This guy like does stuff specifically with these different type of materials, and he was comp. He was like commenting in the thread he's like man i don't really know how they did this because vanta black is like a seriously delicate material like you'll breathe on it and it will come off Yeesh. like it's so it's so delicate he's like it's one thing to make a dial out of the material because it's like it's fully encased you know he's like but i'm really wondering if they made like how they achieved the case and the bracelet and everything to have that coating because he's like it, it's certainly not wearable and it's sh- <laughs> and then for Moser to come out like yeah it's totally not wearable we just want to do it. That's <laughs> like that's kind of that. I mean, that's just Moser, right? And even their CEO is like, "Yeah, we made a third watch in this case, and you you can't see it because it's completely invisible." Dude, but it's you like, really, I mean, it really did look like floating hands in the black box. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the? yeah, it was it was certainly very cool. 
Now, if somebody some da- somewhere down the road can figure out a way to seal the Vantablack to make it, you know, wear resistant, I think yeah. that would be super gangster. But as of right now, it's completely irrelevant, which is kind of, I think, the underscored message for Watches and Wonders, which is completely irrelevant. Moon's watch for life. I mean, hey, again, I, I don't know who could have thought that, that not not even necessarily Swatch Group, Swatch, the company, would be so relevant right now. Yeah. They torpedoed Watches and Wonders. They really did. In the most epic fashion imaginable. And everybody and I know, is they're, re- they, they're, they're every, on there every, reloading that website every single day. Every single day to see if they can get a Moon Swatch. And I know a few people that have picked them up uh, since since then. Um, so Lorenzo got one. Yeah, yeah, Lorenzo got one in, in, in Vegas. He was able to, to sneak it there, sneak in there and get one. Um, his fiance was with him, so she got one as well. So he ended up with the Mars edition. She got the Venus, which Better pretty than Mars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's kind of kind of funny, but it also makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so they have them. Um, he said it was a really fun watch. The Loom apparently is pretty good too. So just little things like that. I think it, it's been pretty cool to see people get them. Um, I'm super jealous. And I certainly do want that watch for sure. And I know it's most likely going to be my next purchase. But today we're going to be talking about kind of a, a similar subject. Uh, wouldn't you say, bro? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take it on the chin for this one because uh, I pulled a bit of an underhanded thing. <laughs> I happened to add something to my collection recently, and uh, you did. I didn't. I, you know what it is? I don't like to. I don't like to put it out there, like and and like alert people. Hey, I got something today. Look what I. I feel like it, it feels like me throwing it in their face or being like, "Oh, look what I got!" Like I don't know. If it just doesn't feel that great, so I gotta just let it come out little by little. But I wound up picking up. Uh, one of those Nevada Grinchin Super Antarctics. The one, so I guess it free, for those who can't think of what I'm talking about, it looks similar to an Explorer. Ish. Ish. Yeah. Keep in mind, this watch did exist. In the 50s. Yeah, in the 50s. This wasn't like, oh, let's make an Explorer, you know, replica. This watch did exist in their heritage line and they brought it back. Um, but it has... As a similar aesthetic and it comes in a few different loom colors you can get it with like a cream loom or white or sort the of greenish that, tint, that right? orish like that orris always on type of tint to it yeah, yeah, um, yeah that's the one i got was the greenish tint because you know there's not a lot out there like that I, I, the contrast in the dial is also very good so uh i grabbed that i got it on the beads of rice because i i've never owned a beads of rice um, really? Yeah. No, I've never had a watch with the beads of rice on it. So that's okay. cool. That's okay. a new experience in itself. But right now, I just have it on uh, a leather strap, and it it it's pretty awesome. Um, wears really great. Thirty seven millimeters, I think it is. Oh man, I did, I thought it was thirty eight, so it's even smaller. I think that's it's thirty seven. Even... It does it doesn't wear small because it's pretty yeah. much all dial. Yeah. More and or the less. lugs are the lugs are kind of long, not too long i think but they're very distinctive if i remember correctly they have kind of like this like really drastic curve to them uh which i think is very cool so so overall since you've owned the watch how how has it been since i mean we talked about this watch several episodes back um about how we both kind of wanted one 
Um, but you you have it now. So what is it like? It's honestly great. It's nice and lightweight. Wears really nice. I really have nothing to complain about it. I somebody else I know said that they find the the crown to be a bit small. I don't. Okay. But I guess I think that's just because I've had vintage watches that have small crowns anyway but <laughs> yeah, but no exactly. so, some people have yeah they have, normally do are they normally are very small you know some people have sausage fingers you know i could see where that would be a little bit of a pain in the neck so yeah i get that but <laughs> um not a complaint for me uh the, okay okay the movement winds i don't want to say it winds stiff but it, it winds like a new movement you know and brand brand yeah. new out of the box it's just it's a so prod so it's like a at a clone um okay but yeah, overall, really great. Loom's awesome. Is it? Yeah. I, re- I really don't have any complaints, so I'm enjoying wearing that for now. And that is going to trickle into our episode topic here. I wound up with that because of the episode we were talking about that had me looking at it for weeks at a time, and then they were coming up to their delivery period, and I was like, well, if I don't grab one of these now, it's probably not going to happen they're not badly priced, you know, and when, when things are like that, where they're not outrageously expensive, I think you can, you can risk it for the biscuit once in a while. Yeah, for sure. And say, you know what? It's under a grand. I could probably sell it for what I got it for. If I really don't like it, take a shot. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. I, I definitely think it'll, it'll be a keeper. It, it fills a, a nice niche in my collection that uh, I, I don't really have especially because I have moved a another exploration watch <laughs> recently. Um, I, uh, I did end up moving my Explorer too. Not, not because of anything Rolex related. It was the right thing to do. Let's just say, um, okay. You know, taking care of, of some real life stuff. And you think about what's going to sell fast. What's going to net me the best return overall easy choice so yeah yeah for um, sure so i did i did move on my explorer too and actually somebody somebody who follows me bought it so oh well that's even better that's, that's cool. even better so they you, they got a bro dinky special yeah yeah so, <laughs> so that's cool but so it's filling it's filling that gap nicely so today we're going to be talking about basically watches that have sort of been on our radar that maybe we haven't warmed up to enough to pull the trigger or even maybe just a brand that we've been trying to break into but haven't found that entry point i know you and i talked about nevada grenchen for a while yes absolutely very much like their aesthetics overall between the depth master and the aviation chronograph sea diver whatever you want to call it 18 Mm -hmm, names mm -hmm. um they definitely (laughs) have have a lot of names (laughs) they definitely have some cool stuff but it's one of those things where you're like well which one do i go with right i'm gonna have if i'm gonna break in eventually like which one because even like, like the depth master is 38 millimeters and it's yeah shaped like a panerai and you're like i don't know how that's gonna wear it might be amazing might be too small too small might be kind of what we thought with the black bay pro or it might be compact but it also might be thick because that is that's a thousand meter diver i'm pretty sure is it i think so so i can't imagine it's crazy thin Unless it's 300 meters at 1,000 feet? Maybe? Could be. Maybe that was it. But I thought it said 1,000 meter. Regardless. Uh, I mean, if you're going to call it the Depth Master, it's got to be able to do something, right? <laughs> yeah, 
You would think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> needless to say. Uh, so we, I think, if you're a psycho like me, I keep a running list in my notes on my phone of watches either to keep an eye out for or like watches that I I have it in for that I can I make an offshoot one direction or another, whether it be like to a sister brand or to like a something else that fills the same concept or similar idea that I can kind of jump to from there, like stuff that I'm trying to fill out with my own in my own collection or things that I really mm-hmm. like the idea of or the look of that I can bounce around from. So uh, I don't know if you're a psycho like me, but I have a list running and we, we can, yeah, we, we can kind of go. Yeah, I, def- I definitely don't keep a running list because I feel like I would have to change it like every day. Um, it certainly does evolve quite often, but there's always something that I think for me, it's more so the idea that if I think about it enough and it's in the back of my head, kind of nagging at me enough, then I don't need to commit it to physical paper. It's in my memory and it's warranted because I keep thinking about it not because I wrote it down. Right. Um, so there's that. I will say this before we get into it. You are right. The uh, the Death Master is a thousand meter watch. That is pretty impressive yeah. in a 38 millimeter case. Kind of makes you wonder, like, what the hell is everybody else doing that if we can make a 38 millimeter case a thousand meters water right. resistant? It's, it's a little um, thought provoking. Yeah, it, it certainly is. with the, And that's with an integrated automatic helium escape valve. So that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. And it makes I'm that watch sure, a little bit more appealing to I'm me now. Pretty too. sure it comes in either right at or a little below a thousand. Yeah, it's so like around like, eleven, like the around the eleven hundred price point. I think is what it is. And I think that like depends a, like if you get a bracelet. Ten seventy eight or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay, so do you want to kick it off? Uh, well, before you know, it might be a nice a nice segue because this is just something we were talking about offline, going from Moonswatch because everybody's big joke was. I can't wait for the Rolex Timex collab. Timex is doing something. I don't know if it's trolley or what, but their designer, one of the Giorgio Gali, he's been dropping these pics of this Timex Q GMT, which seems a little too timely given what Rolex just put out. And it's, it's not Destro. It doesn't have any weird date placements. But so far, I've seen all black with a red GMT hand. Now I see a Batman that he just put up. If they this isn't on the a, website yet, is it? No, it's just on his Giorgio Gali Design Lab Instagram. Okay. And you know, it's got it's got the Rolex sort of look. It's got a Mercedes-ish hand. It, it doesn't have the Mercedes hand, but it has the like blank Mercedes hand. Yeah, right, right, right. It's just a circle. Yeah, but they have a Batman I'm looking at. If they have a green one, because they have one in the queue already, they have a green one. This will be massive level troll. I I I can't wait. And I honestly, can't the wait. The bracelet looks pretty cool on this. I don't know what it is, but it looks pretty awesome. That now they have yeah. tropics, which is also pretty cool. So this is a Q Timex GMT quartz. So it's still yeah. quartz. It doesn't get the automatic treatment yet. But it is a Q Timex GMT quartz, and it looks really good. And for those of you who don't follow this gentleman, you should. It's kind of interesting. Uh, he's the guy that was doing kind of the collaborations for the more expensive Timex 
the kind of fancy looking Tide Max, which is something that I would certainly own. Um, I think it looks really, really, really good. Um, I think it got but, good reviews too, from what I saw. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think that this is this is also very cool because it now gives the Q Timex more of that travel time function because it already has a GMT bezel. Yeah, it just didn't have the GMT complication. So um, uh, it's pretty cool to see this, and I like it. And for those of you who also don't know and haven't been following Timex. Is uh, in preparation for this podcast, we were doing a little research. The Q that Timex has been famously selling for a few years now is now available on a silicone tropic style strap on the website. So you can order it that way. I'm still trying to figure out if it's possible to order the strap by itself. Can't find that yet. But um, if you've been on the fence about the Q because because of the bracelet and like it's a uh, arm pinching and hair pinching abilities um this might be a nice alternative to buy it on and it's a little bit less than the than the bracelet version and it gives it a little bit of a sporty look to it 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 looks good man it looks really really good and um i like uh to to your point too i also like the bracelet on this version it reminds me a lot of the this is a little bit more obscure but are you familiar with holzer yes um you're familiar with Holzer for, for the Speedmaster? The Mexican Holzer? Yes. Yes. There's not a lot of people who are familiar with this, but I Holzer know that was like because of, I think Uncle Seiko remade it. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so Holzer was actually like a major, and I think they, they still are. They're like a major family jewelry company that was based in Mexico City. Um, and they've been around for multiple decades as a as a watch retailer seller. And at one point in time, like they were the Mexico distributor for Omega, period. Like that was it. And back then, to keep up with global demand of products, um, sometimes certain markets would be sent kind of the the production stuff from omega or from the other brands at the time to make them locally on site so that they could increase production and maintain production capabilities so in this case you know sometimes you'd have cases that get out uh, outsourced you know and they would be made locally in germany or locally in canada or whatever it might be right so in this case holzer was actually manufacturing bracelets for omega speedmasters sold in mexico during the 1950s 60s and 70s so is that similar to kind of like how jb champion did yes in some ways but jb champion was his own bracelet company and they got placed on speedmasters by the astronauts Mm. because the jb champion bracelets were very easy to break i was gonna say the breakaway functionality yeah yeah they they like during the actual like testing phases for the astronauts like during practical stuff um, for like space assignments and things, the they couldn't break off the Omega bracelets quickly enough because they were too durable, even though they were folded steel, which sounds kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so they opted for something that was lighter and could easily be ripped apart, which the JB Champion mesh certainly could. But what was also kind of nice for the JB Champion is it was infinitely adjustable. So you could actually size the bracelet over like the spacesuit. Thing is freaking huge. I have, yeah, I have one it, of the it remakes. Can, it, can, it can get like really big. <laughs> so for the early Mercury suits that were much more tailored to the astronauts because they weren't 
like atmospheric suits, like they weren't doing spacewalks in them. They didn't need to be pressurized. So it was more of just like keeping you warm and keeping you, you know, hydrated and all that stuff while you were in flight. Uh, so it didn't need to be like this massive, you know, fat puffy suit like we saw um, with Gemini and Apollo. Very interesting. But yeah, back to your point, though, I it when I'm thinking about that Holzer remake, it does remind me of this bracelet. Yeah, it has these like roads like these this this two row of like little polished links down it it just adds some visual contrast to the rest of the bracelet it's really cool but uh certainly something that was more basically based out of like central and south america yeah so that i think that will segue us into things we've been looking at because timex sort of that was sort of their watch that i think brought a lot of people back to them Yes. Or for people who kind of overlooked them or were like, I've never gotten into Timex. I don't really have a reason to. I think that was kind of their. Yeah, it was certainly. It their was watched to an effect, right? It was like, yeah, I, gotta have I mean, there was there was really two that come to mind for me. Certainly the Q, but I think the Marlin is what really started it because the Marlin was when they first came back and they were doing like the hand wind, like acrylic crystal 1950s watch. Um, I think it's, I think they still sell it. It was like 34 millimeters, something like that. Yeah. Well, that was like their first like reissue of anything. And then shortly thereafter, like here's a Q Timex. And everyone's like, whoa, integrated quartz Timex with a Pepsi bezel. All right, let's go. And I think to your point, that's when Timex like started doing watch collector stuff and stuff that appealed to us and in a mass market and not, you know, some grandpa is going to buy a watch so he can read the time. You know, it was like, this is a collector's piece now. I think there are brands that I think I'm either looking to get back into or just looking to get into in general. And for me, and this was inspired by a, a very recent release, I've been looking for an excuse to get back into Hamilton and these new 38 millimeter titanium khaki field autos. This might be it. It looks good, man. I liked the previous one, but it had that etching in the side. It said titanium down the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, uh, because they had a really cool colorway. It, it was black. It's so Invicta when they do that. I'm it just was, like, why? They had this black PVD colorway with like a really like almost like a peanut butter colored loom. And it looked really good on the numerals and everything. But the titanium yeah. etching on the side like really, really scared me away. And then I saw these new ones and I saw Does it saw, still have it though? No, it doesn't. Are you sure? Yes. Because that was like the big one of the big points on the post I saw was they ditched the titanium etching on the side. Okay. Because I just saw a photo of one that did have it, but it might have been the older, bigger version. Yeah, this one's 38 millimeters. And I saw um I saw coal rocking it around. So it looked pretty good. Mm. It's got a couple of different dial colors couple different finishes oh i see that yeah, yeah yeah and these are 38 and they're not just they're not just mechanical these are automatic these are auto yeah okay that's a difference that's a that's a departure for sure of a different color yeah i like that i like that the dial's not quite as clean as the mechanical versions right because you have a little bit more stuff going on but you know it makes sense this uh this kind of like blackened titanium with like this moon rock looking. That looks good. That's my favorite one. 
What is the dial made out of? I don't know, but it's got a, some nice texture to it. Is it concrete? Seiko did that recently in, in a five, no less. What is this dial made out of? You could ask the Google. It doesn't say. And this is a this is the H ten, so this is an eighty hour power reserve, automatic. Looks good, man. Yep. Hundred meters, eighty hours. It looks good, and that's a Not that's a, a nice stealthy Not watch. Like. Yeah, it is, and it it's it just looks really good. And I don't know, I can't tell if they still had the previous ones had a little bit of like a pie panning on the dial. I can't tell if these ones have it. It doesn't look like the gray one does because it's like it's got that texture to it because it's more like it looks like it's more flat with the with the difference being the texture right the other two colorways it looks like they're like they have like this concentric circle pattern like where the numerals 12 1 2 3 go around so it looks like there might be some like a step up and a step down almost and there's a black version of that and there's kind of like a light green version yeah, and it looks like looks those good. are kind of the same i mean they these look good yeah i i don't know how i missed these but i guess they kind of I, snuck you know, out like today <laughs> yeah <laughs> like well yesterday. i guess they're also they're also not like you know watches and wonders novelties right so they didn't uh they didn't probably get you know all the major fanfare because it wasn't they weren't released at watches and wonders but yeah you know you're gonna get something ni- nice lightweight everyday wear Solid as a rock, titanium. So yeah, and and now all that those scratches and beatings that you put on your Hamilton. I don't know if you ever owned a titanium watch before. When I had a Pelagos, you scratch it. You know the scratch is there, but like titanium develops almost like a film over it, and it, it gets like hazy looking. But it yeah. really visually eliminates the scratches. They're still there, but it's cosmetically. Yeah, it- it, yeah, you, it's you like it's almost it. like it's almost like self healing is what I've heard about titanium. It's pretty cool. I, again. I've never owned a titanium watch. I really couldn't speak to it, but what I've heard people describe to me is it's almost like it just goes away on its own. <laughs> I'm like, how does that work? I'm not sure, but um, this would that would make sense. It just kind of like develops a patina over yeah, it. That that's just, exactly what it is. Cool, man. I yeah, I've never I've never seen that before. I've been wanting a titanium watch for a while. I just. I haven't decided on what I want to do in titanium. Too bad they didn't drop that yacht, Master. You know, <laughs> not like anybody could get it anyway. I'm so done with talking about Rolex. I don't even want to talk yeah, about that. That was that again. was part of the inspiration behind this episode was to not not mention them enough. Just, just, ugh, I just can't anymore. It's just so mentally and physically exhausting that I just, I just have no desire. That's that's really what it comes down to. So, so what's on your uh, your list? So, one of those watches that's always always stuck around in the back of my mind that I've just never committed to, and I don't know why because I absolutely love it, and I know people that have had the different versions of it, they've collected it, I've worn it, I know that I like it, but it just comes to be the one of those things that there's always something else that takes precedent when I'm making that decision. And for me, that's the Rano Captain Cook. Like, I love it. You guys know about my collection. I'm a dive watch collector. Um, I, I love everything that they're producing. I think that it's a fantastic design, whether you go more on the vintage end and you go 37, you go more on the contemporary end, 42. 
there's just a lot of really good options here. The colors are fantastic. There's a multitude of materials. You can now get full ceramic. You can get bronze. You can get steel. There's special editions and special colorways. Like, it's just an awesome watch. And for whatever reason, I just can't pull the trigger. But I love the watch. I don't know. It's. Have you ever tried on a Captain Cook? I have not. But oh, I do you, like you, them because they, they have uh, roulette date wheels on a lot of them. They do. They do have the roulettes. And, and you can get most of the models either on beads of rice or kind of like a contemporary three-link style bracelet. Beads of rice is the only way to go on this watch, in my opinion. And then promptly switch that bad boy out to a Tropic. Like, it's, like it looks like that. And there's so many cool colors. Like they were doing green like a few years ago before green was popular. Um, they have a nice kind of like gray color that looks fantastic. And one of the things that I really like about the Captain Cook, even though it's like a larger proportion, like if you go 42, it's a larger watch, but it wears really well. Lug to lug is so good. But there's so much visual depth on the watch itself that makes it really, really, really sexy. Um, I love the big fat broad arrow. It's very like Omega-esque you know, from the 1950s, but it has like a concave ceramic bezel. So the ceramic bezel literally like slants downward into the dial and it has a double dome sapphire crystal. It really gives this nice distortion. Um, it's a very clean dial text, nothing crazy. And I love all the little rottos with, with automatic, you know, winding movements the little logo of Rado actually rotates. So like the little medallion that's on the dial will swing back and forth. That's actually and that was, cool. yeah, that was actually how Rado historically used to present watches to their dealers. They always had that on the dial to showcase to them that it was automatic winding, um, which is kind of funny. So they kept it. So like literally the little logo of Rado will actually swing around the dial in addition to the regular rotor. Like it doesn't wind the watch, but it just is a signifier that it is a mechanical automatic watch. I just love it. I just think they're quirky and they're fun. And yeah, man, I think that they're, they're fantastic. So they released that one in bronze, not that long ago. I think it had like a burgundy dial that looked really Mm -hmm. good. Yeah, the burgundy bronze, and I think that there was a blue. I'm looking at the website right now. So there was a burgundy, a blue, a green, and then like a grayish brown, all on bronze. And you could get it either on NATO or you could get it on a color match leather strap. Yeah, I think that's a a pretty overlooked model or brand overall. Yeah, I mean, it's just not super popular here in the U.S. I mean, it's becoming more so, I think. But, you know, for most people, it's just not like the watch that they're going to, like, run out and go grab. And that's why I asked you if you had ever tried one on, because, like, they make the Captain Cook in 37. Yeah, that's, like, in that's the original size. size. In the original size. And it's just, like, it's so good. I had, uh, I had a friend of mine who... When they first relaunched the Captain Cook, they released it in a new, like they released like a 45 millimeter, which is like a contemporary size. And then they did like a heritage limited edition, 
which was the original in 37. And he bought it and he's like, what do you think about the size and everything? I was like, I think this looks fantastic in the size because the way the crystal is, it like makes it like super legible that even though it's small, the, the bubble effect of it is just, it makes it so easy to see and read. Um, and later on, Revolution and Rado did a collaboration, which was like, you know, years and years ago now where they released that same watch in 37, but in a completely gray dial, gray ceramic, and they called it the Ghost Captain. And I was like, that is the most cool-ass name for a watch. I, God, I want this watch so bad. And then they made it even better by releasing in 42 as well. Um, so I don't know, man. I, that, that's a watch that's been on my radar for a long time. And I just haven't, haven't done it yet. I don't know why. You know what's funny? They had another watch that caught my eye not that long ago. Um, also in 37 millimeter. It was the Golden Horse. Yeah. That's it's a almost like too. a dress sport type of watch. Yes. But very cool. It's, yeah, man. They, they just do a lot of cool stuff. And they need to get more credit because they do a lot of things. And, you know, they're part of the Swatch group. And what's funny about Rado they don't get enough credit. Like Rado was like the company that like invented high-tech ceramics, like for the entire watch industry. Um, so all of this stuff that you see with, you know, ceramic bezels and dials and cases, like that was what they were doing in like the sixties and the seventies. So they don't get enough credit for it, but you know, quite literally ceramic watches would not exist in the format that we have them today without Rado, which is kind of funny. 37 millimeter, 10.8 thick, 80 hour power reserve. Like, what more could you ask for? Why am I shopping for 15 millimeter black bays? <laughs> I mean, just like, and, and, and again, what's the price point on this? Like $1,800, $2,000? You this know, this one like, is 1800 Yeah. Like, like why? You get beads of rice. Like, why would I not buy that? Especially, especially if I was looking for my first ever like luxury watch or you know something that's like an inspired purchase. I think this would be a what? very enjoyable first watch. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? They look fantastic. And again, it's it's not just the looks; it's also the specs. Like eighty hour power reserve, and it's very We're off the talking- radar. It's a no, known name, yeah. but it's off the radar. You know, but it just looks good. I mean, and you said the thickness, you said it was 10 millimeters. 10, 10 like, eight. Yeah. I mean, 11 millimeters. Like that is like way for thin. It, it's, I don't know, man. More people need to start looking at stuff that's off, off the beaten path because yeah, that's where I've been lately, man. I've been looking at all kinds of weird stuff, you know? So I'll give you another one kind of in that same idea is, and it's not so much modern, but I've been, even for a long time, I've been looking for an excuse to get into Zodiac. Mm. And I haven't, again, I don't know if it's just, I don't have the right model or whatever, but a lot of the vintage ones get me yeah. pretty good. The the vintage Seawolves and the vintage aerospace GMTs. Yeah. They're just cool. And I know they've made reissues of them recently for both. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's just certain references like that 50s 
Seawolf. It's got that like Tar Heel blue Bakelite bezel on it. Yeah. With a white dial? No, it's a black dial. Black dial? Yeah, black dial. Okay. And I've seen them on some funky old bracelets or on Tropics. And they have those triangular sort of markers at 12, 9, 6. And even with a lot of wear on it or pretty mangled loom, they still look pretty cool. And they're pretty plentiful. They're not crazy expensive. Yeah. Especially by vintage watch standards. But like that watch is so cool. And it's let's do the 35 or 36 millimeters. Yeah. Diver. Yeah. They were, they were small. And keep in mind, this was a dive watch. Again, that was around in the 50s that rivaled the Submariner. I mean, arguably, this the Zodiac Seawolf was the first dive watch. Now, there's a lot of contention whether it was a sub, whether it was the, the Blanc Pond, 50 Fathoms, but Zodiac the Seawolf was there in that same time frame. It, it was it's, in it's similar. That, it's a similar idea to, to Seiko being there with Hoyer and Zenith exactly. for the automatic exactly. chrono. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but you, you have to give them a lot of credit because they were there. Like, I think this, this, the Seawolf came out in 53. I think it is 53 because that's the model. They have a, a model, the 1953, I think. Okay. Yeah. So it came out in 53, which I think arguably is the same year that the Submariner was debuted, if I remember correctly. Um, if not, then it was 55. But either way, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty important thing because they were there. And, and they had already come up with the design of what a dive watch should look like, right? Luminescent hands, luminescent markers, you know, a rotating bezel for elapsed timing. Like, that was the formula. So good. They do have this, I think, in a white also. But okay. It's got like a, like a, I don't know what color blue you'd call that. Lilac? Bezel, I don't know, man. It's just good. Looks great. It's just good. Yeah, it's just it's just arguably just really nice. But even even their modern like reissue stuff, it's nice. I like it a lot. That world timer is kind of cool. I hard to get stuff with a red bezel that looks yeah. decent. I think they, they, they I did, think it. I think did that one cool. for toppers, if I'm not mistaken. Might have been for toppers. I think in California. But yeah, definitely a brand I've I've always wanted to delve into, and I, you know I I don't really know why I haven't I. I'm not sure if it was maybe the like the whole fossil association or if I just again didn't find a model that really got me, but that one might that one might. Like I said, for a vintage watch, it's still pretty affordable and hasn't blown up. So yeah. If I if I find the right one, it could be a contender. Yeah, for sure. I know I think it that would be a solid, a solid choice. And they're doing some good stuff, man. I had to give them a lot of credit. Now I will be honest and objective. Um, they re- they recently kind of upgraded some of their dive watch pieces um they're now kind of pushing at the top end of their zodiac range at around like 1700 dollars. they're basically super sea wolves but they're like the pro diver versions yeah um i absolutely hate all of them i think that it was a huge miss from them because it, it feels like they're trying to take like all of their vintage styled pieces and make like a contemporary diver out of it and i just i i I don't know what it is man like i just i just think it missed 
I think these are cost certified. There are larger cases. They're 42. But for me, one of the biggest things is I hate, I absolutely hate it when watch brands feel the need to put their logo as the counterweight for their second hand. <laughs> I just, I don't know what it is about it. It just automatically turns me off to the watch. Automatically. Like, it's just very ball-esque. Like, you know, very, yeah, like, very, like, Olympic Omega-esque. You know, like, when they do the Olympic watches. And or the 007. Rings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, like, it just seems so corny to me. That it's just like you already have the logo on the dial, but then I have to add it to the second hand as if it's not already on the dial. So I I don't know. The only one that I will say of a brand that's been able to do this that I actually really liked was Oak and Oscar. Because it because fits in with the, the dial. It fits in with the dial, but as the second hand goes around, it literally like passes over the same logo like at the bottom part of the dial. And so it like, it like blends That's in. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It it's, hits but it's like visual effect. Exactly. But that was a, that was a, an aesthetic choice that they made. That was playful. This is just looks like it's like, Hey, how many places can we place our logo on the dial? Cool. On the second hand. Cool. On the crown. Cool. On the case back. Cool. Like we get it. It's Zodiac. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, other than that, all the other zodiacs I like. I just these new models are just I. It's more like they're like trying to step into like a pro diver type thing. I just think that they don't look good. That and I, I, I guess I've been a little turned off by the. They don't really do like runs of models. It's like a short drop, and then when they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. At least recently, that's been sort of their their go to. Like that Gulf edition they dropped was cool. It was like a Gulf. 50 50 bezel and that sold yeah, yeah, out yeah. immediately now they're five grand and i'm like i'm never paying that <laughs> yeah, yeah and then and this is i'm looking at their website right now and it just and it has a disclaimer here it says small batch isn't just for whiskey once a style sells out it's gone until our watchmakers start a new batch so if you see a style or color what you love get it while you can it could be a while before it comes back so there you go now, I will say this, though. I do love, like, the vintage Super Seawolf logo. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah. Oh, it, I, I, of all, like, watch logos for something over time, that Super Seawolf logo with, like, this black wolf wearing, like, a scuba suit and, like, you know, the tank mounted on the back. It's just, <laughs> there's something so gangster about it. I don't know what it quite is, but it just looks so good. And... I want one bad. Like, I want one really bad. So, that's watch certainly I would add to my list as well. Just not the new one. Yeah. What else you got? Um, keeping it in the, in the Swatch Group family, if you will, uh, Alon Jeans. That's a brand that I have a lot of respect for. They've done a lot of cool things. And I really do want to get my hands on one. And I think... I think I might be swayed with the new Zulu time. I think it's a great watch, especially on leather strap. And I think for the money, what you're getting at that price point, there's literally not another GMT out there right now that I would really want to buy over that. I think it looks good. 
Hard to beat in that package. Yeah, man. And the price point's insane. It's like just around the $2,000 price point for an in-house long jeans movement. It's got a high power reserve. It's got, I think, um, like new silicon components for the hairspring. It's a true GMT. Great size specs at 42. Like, it just looks good. And I'd buy that every single day over a Black Bay Pro. And they seem to make 42 pretty wearable from my what I've experienced yeah. with them. Like I've tried on yeah, the Legend, it, the Avigation Big Eye. They seem to, to be able to get away with 42 where sometimes you see 42 and you're like, uh, this might be the top of my size range. And keep in mind, a lot of those watches historically were just larger anyway because they were aviation watches. You yeah, needed you, to be you able to see them. see them, right? So it made sense. So yeah, the new the new Zulu time from Long Jeans, I think for me would be would be a watch I'd want to get into for sure. One brand that I've been dying to get into, and I I don't think I'm alone in this one, and I really again have just not found the right model. And I think it's because Zinn's catalog is so black red. Like it's very, if you're not into those colors or in a specific arrangement of those colors, it's going to be hard to find something you really like. I mean, I know they just put out some colorful stuff. They've done some mother of pearl and things, but there's a lot of models I like. I like the U50. I like the 556. I like the 356. I like the 104. Like there's a lot to like there. Right. And there's a lot of variations they do on each one of those. Like the 556, there's like a ton of stuff different ones you can go with like there's ones with numerals there's ones with stick indices some have a red hand on them you can get variations in there but again if you're not into sort of that zin colorway and yeah, it's people, a little bit more difficult people have said oh well they do some stuff here and there yeah but if you go on their website i'm still looking at 98 percent black and red <laughs> right like yeah, i know sure. i know they've done like some u1s with the safari theme or like a sand theme type of deal but those are usually small batch right and that was why when i saw that that blue dial u50 i said this is something different like this is something i could really like potentially yeah it looks good man but there it looks I mean, really good there, there's a lot of reasons to want to get into that brand right they do sort of that over engineering that everybody kind of covets. I know they use Salida movements usually, but they're definitely modified. And not that they're bad. I mean, you know, half the world used Eta movements before. Yeah. Right. So an Eta clone's not really gonna let you down too bad. No, I mean again, it's a watch movement that can be serviced, it can be worked on, it can be, you know, worn for many, many, many years with with great reliability. I think it's awesome. I'm a big fan of their their three five eight line. That kind of like day date chronograph. Yeah, that looks really good. Uh, but my favorite Zen is the. I don't, is it, did you ever see the Hunter's watch? I think it's I like have. a chronograph, but it's it it they call it the hunting watch or the hunter's watch. It won it won like a German design award in 2020, but basically it was like a green dial with light green 
like hands and markers and stuff. Okay. And it had like a moon phase and 24 hour indicator, you know, day, date, or um, I'm sorry, day of the week, month. It had like all of these things, pointer date indication. And basically it was a watch designed to be used by hunters. Okay. To track like the lunar cycles and things like that. So, you know, when it was like full moon, so you could get maximum visibility while hunting, like all of these things. It's not something that I would like actively use as a hunting watch. I just thought really it was, cool. I just thought it was like super cool that this would be a watch that would be focused around that specific hobby. I am a hunter and I thought that this was pretty awesome. Everybody came out with something like this because I don't know of anybody else that has done anything like this in quite some time. This reminds me of a. Uh just the way the layout and the color scheme kind of reminds me of the Zenith poker chip just because there's so much going on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is another, another watch I like, but no chance of getting one of those. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Isn't it kind of weird? This, this watch, this is very quirky, but in like a great way. Yeah. There's so much utility on here. Yeah. I, and again, it, it's, it's like all of these functions can still be used for other things, but the idea was like for hunters, like, you know, you have a 24 hour scale, so you know when you know day night yeah, indication. Day night is, indicator, pointer date. Right. We had the pointer date, so it, it's very easy to, to know what the date is, what the month, what the um what the actual date is as well. So if you're on you know remote locations and you're hunting or you're in different places where you know daylight might be longer or shorter, depending on where you are in the year or seasons or geographically, whatever it might be, and full moon. I mean for us many of us we take full moons for granted because it's like oh look the moon is full today but for hunters you know having full moon means that you all have extra light over whatever you know hunting field you might be working on and if you do any hunting at night when a lot of animals are active it it can give you an extra edge um, which is pretty interesting so i just thought that this watch was very well thought out and very well designed. And I just love the colors because it doesn't look like another Zen that I am aware of in their collection. Not at all. I love it, dude. I saw an obscure article. I think Fratello wrote it or maybe it was something that Cole Pennington covered. I, I forget who turned me on to this watch, but I just I just thought it was the craziest and the coolest looking thing that I'd seen in a while. Wow. I didn't yeah. know this existed. <laughs> now, now all of our listeners do, and they're gonna be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go get that hunting watch." I'm like, and it's it's it. got the AR, it means it's filled with argon. I think. Yes, 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 argon gas. It's an inert gas, noble even. Very noble. But yeah, cool, right? Definitely. I mean, that's that's an out there watch. It is. It is. Um, so moving on for me, uh, I know I've roasted them at length before on the, on the podcast. Yeah, everybody loves I a redemption like, story. I, I, I do. And I, I think especially after last week, um, for me, I, I want to tag. I think it's something that I would have never thought I would have openly said. I mean, I've always been a fan of the Monaco. Don't get me wrong. And I would love to own a Monaco because um, I think that's just a fantastic fantastic watch but i think the the new tag that the solar the solar racer 
um, was for me very, very cool to see. And I think just purely from like a perspective of just buying a watch to just put on and use whenever you don't want to bust out your super, super nice watches. I think this is a, a certainly a very good value proposition. I think it looks fantastic. Um, I think it's going to offer people a lot of usability and it's just cool from like an aesthetic standpoint, the fact that they've, you know, forged carbon and superluminova in this bezel. I, I just think it looks cool. So that's a watch I think I would want to add to my collection. Haven't really thought about adding a tag before. Seriously, like I would wear them. We talked about before too with my um, my love of the Night Diver that they came out with. Like I love that watch. I think it's fantastic. And I've seen it. I still like it in person as well. Um, this new Solar Racer I think would be would be equally fun to, to get. I have heard people complain that it is. I think it's three grand. The solar racer, yeah, I haven't checked the price one of it yet, so that that could be a disturbing factor. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean you Tag. really can't go wrong with any of their chronographs. No, like I, I know somebody I, mean, I, I, I know somebody had an Octavia chronograph with the beads of ice, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was chunky, but like it's, yeah, those those watches proportions were a little bit too too chunky for me. Actually, I heard something interesting that I don't think. I've heard that Tag doesn't own them anymore, that they're owned by LVMH now. I think that that's probably true. But it begs the question, like, why not go back to Despoyer? Well, that's what I'm saying. And then why not actually do something with the brand? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think that that's maybe what happens when you're 26 years old and you're running a multi-billion dollar watch company. I mean, maybe they're in transition. I don't know, but... And see what's crazy is like I'm on the website right now. I can't even find the solar racer. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. There's no way the solar racer could be three thousand dollars. The night diver is thirty five hundred. I thought I saw like twenty nine fifty. Dude, that would be a lot for that watch. Now I'm, I'm now I'm like trying to find this. <laughs> they do not make it easy. I'm like trying to find novelties and it's like it's not even coming up. So what's up, Tag? Probably have to go to some Watches Wonders art article. Oh, I guess they they relaunched their twin time. That's cool. Well, Peter would be excited. He would be excited. He loves a twin time. He loves twinning on that time all the time. Yeah, it's not even listed as a novelty. Did they already cancel it? <laughs> is it is it the uh the isograph God. don't even get me started on that yeah it's it's legitimately not even listed maybe it's too too novel right now i mean but they have that like plasma ceramic quartz watch on here so apparently not novel enough now, now I'm kind of like, what the hell? Okay, solar graph. All right, now it's coming up. Let's see. See, I'm, I'm liking this photo. It's like laying on some rocks and it's doing cool stuff. Tell me about the solar technology. Where's the price? I can't remember who covered it for Watches and Wonders. I was just, I, I just like, why can't, why is there no price? 
Yeah, it doesn't say. Well, now I'm nervous. Oh, here you go. So a block to watch. The Hoyer Aquarius Professional 200 Solar Graph stands at 29.50. Wow. Man. 29.50. A little bit of a tougher sell. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be a watch. I'm gonna have to find a, a nice a nice AD around to give me a nice fat discount on that one. You're gonna just have to buy it off some sap on the internet. Your loss is my gain. <laughs> it's always a story, right? Just didn't connect with it. One uh one last watch that I got in my chamber, and I think the recent drop has probably cured this. I know everybody went hot and heavy on the PRX. I think that chronograph drop they just made, given that the proportions aren't bad, IRL might be the one that takes the cake because that thing looks good. Which colorway? I like the blue a lot. I think the blue is very sharp. Yeah. The the green, I think because I think the green version too. Um, if I remember correctly, I think that one looks really really good. Gives me like a little bit of a Zenith vibe somehow, but it Yeah, why buy a Defy when you could buy that, right? Well, well they just they just axed the Defy, so good luck with that. <laughs> R.I.P. Defy. And uh yeah, I don't know what the hell else they're gonna put out because at this point it's just pretty much El Primero's. Yeah, for but, real. Let's see here if I can find the PR. That is another oh, no. brand I'd like to get into, but uh they are not Zenith. <laughs> no, not man. They, it's like Brightling. Like, yeah. I would love to, I would love exactly. to buy a Navitimer, but like, why am I going to spend $9,000 on a, on a Navitimer, you know? Yeah, I would love an El Primero, like one of the classy ones, but <sighs> steep. Yeah, absolutely. Man, and they updated a lot of the PRXs too. There's like a green dial standard. It's not like a, like a leather strap version. They go with a precious metal bezel now. They do. There's two actually. Yeah. There wasn't. There was one that was released earlier last year that was like a brown dial, and now there's like a navy dial, which that looks. It looks the business. Solid gold fluted bezel. Eat your heart out. I can't find the uh, the chrono. Might be. Might be too novel. <laughs> but the other the other novelties are here because oh, they have yeah. the green I, dial. I don't know where I saw it, but I was like, ooh, that's nice. I know it. I know it's good. Like I, I've, I've seen the photo of it. I'm just trying to re-see the photo of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway, that's that's a solid choice, for sure. Um, I think my last one. We'll end on a we'll end on a a, a typical note for me. Uh, definitely an Omega, but specifically, I want an X33. I love this watch. I know so many people have so many feelings about it, but I just think it's an amazing, an amazing watch. Specifically, the more recent version, the Skywalker, I think is is probably the one I would want to get. And it's it's a cool juxtaposition in a collection next to a Speedy. Yeah. Bro. Yeah, man. I think uh, it just. I mean, because right now what's what's cool is like both the X33 and, and Speedy Pros are being flown on the International Space Station 
not just by the U.S. astronauts, but by other, you know, space agencies, Roscosmos, JAXA, you know, the Canadian Space Agency, ESA. There's so many that are using this. Jeff Bezos. Um, Jeff Bezos, <laughs> right? Like, um, what's uh, there's so many. Like, I, I don't know if you followed, but there was a new like private space enterprise that went up like today or yesterday, uh, called Axiom. You, if you were following that, like, so one of those guys, like, this was like a pro- completely private flight to the International Space Station. Wow. They, ro- they rode on the, the Crew Dragon Falcon 9. Um, one of the guys is wearing a, like the new silver Snoopy, like, watch. He had it, he had it strapped over his suit and That's wore sick. a Snoopy Probably in the space. But, like, how gangster. Like already an, imp- an incredibly hard watch to get in general, but just like to, to take it and like strap it on your wrist nowhere in space. Like that's gangster. But anyway, I digress. Um, the Skywalker X33 is, is probably one of my favorite multi multifunction high-tech course watches out there. And it's one of those watches that like people hate it because they don't know how to use it. But as soon as you figure out how to like use all the functions and stuff, it is like, it is an awesome, awesome, awesome watch. So I always had to, to end up on an Omega note, but that would be that would be my final choice. Just it's hard for me, like in that kind of money, like around six thousand dollars to to not buy a mechanical Omega. Yeah, no doubt. Actually, funny Omega story. On my way out the door today at work, um, one of my guys is he grabs me, he's like, Hey, you gotta see this. I know, I know you're in watches, you gotta look at this. Right. And it's he was watching like a video. I think he was watching a video on the case back of the Snoopy where, you know, he goes across and he's like, Oh, how cool is this? Whatever. And he, you know, and I was like, Oh, I was like, let me see what watch is that? And he's like, he's like, yeah, here it is. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't have a Snoopy, but I was like, yeah, I got one of those. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, not that one. I was like, but I have one of those. And he's like, you have this. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Go into the, the photo vault on the phone. He's like, Oh damn. I'm like, yeah, you know, like, it's always funny. Like when people like come to, a realization like that like wait <laughs> you have a watch that goes to space i'm like oh technically yeah yeah like it's technically, old but it, it's cool technically all of us speedy hezzy boys out there have have watches that's that right go to space. hashtag hezzy boys hashtag hezzy boys it's been a while for sure for sure for sure but that's it man that's all i got yeah the only other uh similar to the Actually, that's not true. I, I also do want to get into Doxa, but again, I have no idea. I, I have definitely haven't found that one yet, but that'll happen one day. And then similar to Zodiac, um, I've been going down the Anacar rabbit hole a lot lately, and they have some cool stuff. Uh, the old ultrasonic GMTs, the Sherpa Jet, which again, kind of goes back to that twin crown that I've been chasing and don't really know where yeah. I'm landing on. Yeah, yeah. And the... Uh, the divets are pretty cool. Another pretty mid mid sized dive watch, and again, they give you some cool old aesthetics, similar to the to the Captain Cook. You get a roulette date wheel. Yeah, a lot of those cool old style vintage vibe diver looks that I like a lot, and they all come on really cool bracelets, which is nice. That's fantastic. There's so much cool but stuff again, out I, there. So the tough part is you have no way to vet them. But yes, yes, yes. You know. It's not a new watch for sure. Certainly not new, but they did. There are some decent, um, like vintage outlets that I think if you're if you're looking and they have one, you can at least assume or at least read the description very carefully 
Does your does your buddy um, at DC Vintage Watches does he source stuff like that outside of? I know he does Seikos mostly, but will he do stuff outside of Seiko? I think he would. I know he does Omega and Hoyer also, but oh, okay, I didn't know that. Um, I I think he could probably use the same channels. I would assume. <laughs> okay. Interesting. That's good to know. Well, there you go. DC Vintage Watches, in case you guys need a vintage watch plug. Yeah. Uh, you heard it here on the Wrist Cheese Radio podcast. Ask for Nick. <laughs> Ask for Nick. Yeah, he yes, runs most he of the social media, content. so if you, if you do DM them, that's probably who's going to answer. There you go. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I think that aside, uh, closing out episode 25, again, sort of the ironic... Actually, I don't know if it's ironic. I think it's more coincidental. 25 to go with my 25 today. Um, just a big thanks to everyone for following along and uh, kind of enjoying my journey, our journey with this, my journey in my own right. And uh, yeah, so just keeping watch is fun. I think that was kind of the goal on both ends. And I think as long as everybody's still having fun, we're always going to keep doing this, at least for the foreseeable future. So Big thanks to everybody. Uh, shout out to everybody who congratulated me today. Appreciate it. And other than that, I think we're going to catch you next week. Schmidt, anything else? That's it, my friend. All Adios, right. everybody. Be well. Be well.